You ready to get into the Word of God? You know, the Word of God, the Bible is God speaking to us. And uh, so we're going to look, 1 Peter 5, going to look at a topic, you know, my title may be different next week if I teach on the same thing, but uh, because I may come up with a better title, but uh, Elevated Life or the Way Up, you know, and, and uh, there are some real principles and there's a lot of people who say a lot of things, but we want to find out what the Bible has to say about an elevated life. And how do I get elevated in this life? Because a lot of people want to move up in a lot of areas. In soundness of mind, they want to move up. Relationships, you name it. Uh, walking with God, because ultimately that's where it all stems from. But how do you have an elevated life? In other words, a life that's gaining and not diminishing. A life of reality with God. Reality is not when we all die, we see him and go, yeah, he, he was real. No, reality is knowing God now. Reality is knowing the truth. And then once we know the Lord individually, a person is born of the Spirit, then what we need to do is know how to live an elevated life or a life that's being lifted up and divinely influenced by God. And there is a big difference between my life being influenced by my own cunning. And I, I mean, I think that people should work and do things to, to uh, you know, you know, do better at work, whatever it is, if you have a company, all those things. But there is an element of being influenced by God, period. And there are ways and all kinds of people trying to approach different, different, you know, avenues, you know. You know, we, we may go to your business and pour oil on it because we want God's blessing on it. But does that work? You know, some people think, yeah, that'll work. Well, if that's the case, then we'll just sell cases of oil. If that was the only thing that worked, oil would be big. People would know it. There, there's a lot of things... But below those things, there are some fundamental things that make this work. And sometimes people overlook it and don't realize they're short-circuiting things. And God has made these things clear to us uh, that will bring wholeness to our own lives. But what we're about to talk about is not what you're going to find in the world. Amen. Part of it you'll find there. But we may not even find this like we should in the kingdom of God, but we can, and it's there. 1 Peter 5, the fifth chapter of 1 Peter, we're going to look at some words. Jesus, that Peter here, wrote this by inspiration of God. In other words, he didn't just write the Bible because he thought, oh, this is a good idea. No, it was divinely inspired by God. And if God can inspire the Word, He can protect the Word until He returns. Amen? He can protect the Word. But the lies that are in the world are to get people to not believe the Word because if they don't believe the Word of God, then they'll short-circuit God's ability to work in their life. No, there's an enemy, remember? There's a God, but there is darkness too. And we don't want to magnify the darkness, but we want to be aware that there is darkness. And so we're going to start here in 1 Peter 5, and we're going to begin in verse 5, and turn to your neighbor and tell them this is important, you better pay attention. And if they don't look like they're doing well, slap them in the back of the head and say, no, don't do that. Because there are some people been waiting all morning to do that. So they're like, oh, give us permission. We're going to talk about forgiveness today. No, I'm kidding, we're not going to. For those who wanted to take care of business there. This is a, an incredible, uh, incredible thoughts we're going to look at, and they're not thoughts, they're truth, because uh, there's a difference between thoughts. You ever had some thoughts and later on you went, oh, that wasn't good thinking. <laughs> I had that figured out wrong. And uh, you, you could call today, see I told you I might get a new, ma a new title, The Way of the Kingdom. 
Because this is the way of the kingdom. We're going to look at some contrasts, I think, uh, about the way of the kingdom of God and the way of the kingdom of darkness. And it says here in verse 5, likewise, he's talking about uh, people who are in ruling, leaders' positions and different things. He said, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. So he uses the word submit, but he'll start to use that word as an expression of humility. Are you with me? An expression of humility. Yeah, I hear some people saying, oh, I like that. Wait, it's about to land on you too. All of you, so not just younger people, all of you be submissive to one another. So he's talking about submitting. Submission is not just agreeing with something, but it is agreeing with something, going with it, whether I you know, think it's the best thing or not. And so then he said, and he tells us what this submissiveness is. He said, and be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility. Be clothed. I wonder if there's some naked Christians out there. I said, oh, what do you mean? You know, the Bible talks about different kinds of clothing. You know, it talks about a robe of righteousness. It talks about the breastplate of righteousness or putting on faith and putting on hope as a helmet or like a thing to protect your mind. And it talks about a girdle of truth or something being strapped around the middle parts of your body. And so the Bible even talks about spiritual garments being spotted by wrong activity we do in the flesh. In the Old Testament, they had natural garments that were symbols of things, but we have spiritual ones in the New Testament. And he said, be clothed. In another place, Peter here said, talking to the women, he said, don't just let it be the outward adorning, putting on of apparel, you know, like makeup or clothing and different things. But he said, but be dressed or let it be the hidden man of the heart. In other words, an inward clothing too. Don't just get dressed outwardly, get dressed inwardly. Now that is not just an admonition for ladies. Over there he was talking about it, but here he's saying every one of us who are believers need to be clothed. Now this is not a natural clothing. Because we could look around and go, everybody's clothed. And if we saw somebody out on the street and they didn't have clothes on, we'd go, oh, they're missing God. They, they probably are. <laughs> but in another way. And so when he said here, be clothed with humility, this humility is connected to being submissive. And you realize this, even though he's talking about relationships one with another, ultimately he's going to be talking about uh, humility and our relationship with God. Humility is the way of the kingdom. Humility is huge. And, and if we read on, and we'll go back and look at some of this in a second, he said, God resists the proud. God resists the proud. That's a huge statement. He's writing to Christians here, and really anybody, that if I'm proud, God resists me. There's a verse that said, God knows the proud from afar away. Well, what is pride? Pride is the opposite of humility. I mean, they are completely different. And if he said, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble, notice this. One, God goes, no, and, there, and here's the thing. You can beg all you want to, but there has to be an element of humility to get. There has to be an element of humility to receive. 
and then here, he, and he contrasts. What a contrast. God resists. I mean, you look further on and he'll tell us, resist the devil in our faith, and he'll say, and he'll tell you, he'll leave from you. Who's a better resistor, you or God? Well, we can at least resist, and he has to flee, but he said he resists the proud. But he said this, every individual then needs to be clothed with humility. What, what would be the importance of me, or you, or us, being clothed with humility? But God gives grace, divine ability, divine favor, divine power. It is released to the humble. Who's that on? That is on the individual. You can't pray and say, God humble me. God will direct you, but you have to humble yourself. You have to clothe yourself. I have to clothe myself. And we need to realize this is the way of the kingdom. He said, therefore, therefore what? Because of what he just got done saying about the way of the kingdom and the way of God, he said, therefore, what? What? Therefore, based on what he said, God resists the proud. Man, that is a strong statement. I mean, I can't just say, come on, God. No, He told me how to get it so I'm not resisted. Why is it that God would resist a human when they're His creation? Why does He talk so strong about pride and being proud? Well, we're going to look at this, but one thing that pride does is it starts lifting itself up. Notice he said, be humble to one another. Have a good attitude toward people. Lift others up. That doesn't mean everybody's living right. But he said, be humble. Be humble. You know, we know in some of these scriptures are real familiar to people. Uh, you know, he who exalts himself will be brought down. Why, why would God do that? Why, would, why does it say pride goes before a fall and a haughty spirit or being lifted up before destruction? In other words, it's what's accompanied to those things. And if it's accompanied to those things, no wonder God said, listen, but why is it that we all need to be clothed with humility? Not just have an act of humility. Hi, I'm being nice now. No, because there's a difference between just one act and being clothed or literally seeing yourself this way. Are you with me? When he's talking here, it's actually about a servant putting on a certain kind of apron back in those days or a certain cloth on their garment so others could tell that they were submissive. So it's some kind of attitude that we're supposed to have at a heart level, and this will help us immensely in our Christian walk. And if we don't have this, we're going to find that even though we may love God and God loves us, there's an element where we can't make a connection like we want. Don't get mad at me. He said it, not me. This is true to me. It's true to every believer. And if we want to live in the way of the kingdom and do it the way of the kingdom, we have to do it this way. Why did he say God would give grace? To, to the humble, the ones who rank themselves properly and exalt Him properly and rank other people properly. Why, why is this so important? How we rank the Word of God because it's connected to God. Somebody said, well, I'm not going to believe all the Word of God. You, you're proud. 
You've grabbed a hold of something that is holding back God's power from exhibiting itself in the way He would like. Amen. I'll, I'll just be throwing amens out there just so that way you can just keep plugged in. And, and, and so he said, therefore, humble yourself. Well, if God resists the proud, isn't it cool that God said, then, then you could do something about it? Because, you know, the first thing some people do when they're in a, some kind of situation is they scream, ah! Well, that may have its place, but if I'm in a sinking car, I don't want to scream. I want to bust the window. You know, if it went into a river, I want to bust the window or do something to get out. Screaming is not always the answer. Oh, God, I, I've been proud. I've been full of myself. That felt good. Yeah, it didn't change anything. It didn't change anything. So he said, therefore, because of this way that God is and the way the kingdom operates, he said, and we're going to look at why it does operate that way. He said, therefore, humble yourselves. Notice this. Under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. God is not against people being exalted, but He'll do it. But the way it will happen that you get elevated or lifted up is when I humble myself. But notice this interesting phrase right here. He, he said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. That wording right there is huge for humility. Because some people say, well, I'm humble. Or somebody talks with a soft voice. Hey, how are you doing today? Oh, you guys are awesome. He's so humble. No, I could be full of myself. You know, it doesn't mean just because somebody talks like, oh, how are you? They're so humble. Somebody else could be talking all loud and they're like, oh, they're proud. How do you know? Do you know what the indicators are? Do you know their heart? Oh, you guys are just fantastic. I mean, you are, but I'm getting a point across. If God resists the proud, notice this. He resists the proud, therefore humble yourselves. Notice this phrase, under the mighty hand. Notice what it didn't say, under the hand of God. Big deal. Well, in the Old Testament, in different places in the Bible, you see the hand of God uh, connected with certain things. And so these people knew what it meant when it said the hand of God. It was when God would demonstrate His power, you could see some of His strength. When He parted the Red Sea, you could see His hand in it. And you could go, whoa, He's big. He's huge. He's worthy. When Moses looked on the mountain and the glory of God was there, he said, I do fear... And my knees, my body quakes because he was fearful at just how big and mighty God was because he could see the hand of God there. And so you can go read through the Bible. I mean, even Jesus, when he talked, he said concerning, you know, when people accused him of bad, and he said, well, if I cast out devils by the finger, doesn't even take his hand, to deal with the devil, and we're talking a level even above the hand, which he created the heavens and the earth by his hand. Now we understand when he said he, his hand, it didn't mean he was up there like, you know, kids maybe playing with Play-Doh. No, when he talks about by his hand, we know it happened by his voice. Because the Bible said that again and again. But when it uses the term hand, it's a symbol of his power. And, and if I'm going to humble myself under the mighty hand of God, 
Not just under His hand or His power, but under this woe hand of God, this mighty hand of God. How am I going to do that? This is a heart motive that you have to look at yourself and settle in yourself. This is a mentality. This is a heart motive where you look at God and you don't just think, yeah, He's God. And, and I disrespect Him, and I think low of Him, and I can do my own plans, and, and He's God, yeah. No, no, the mighty hand is where I start calculating. This God we're talking about is all-sufficient, self-sufficient. Always was, always will be, He is mighty beyond measure. We can't look at the armies of the world and think, wow, they're powerful. No, they're nothing compared to God. When He shows up, it doesn't matter if every army is together, and they will be, or a bunch of them will be, they'll all bow. That's because the mighty hand of God is going to be revealed. But we can't wait till then. We have to adopt something in ourselves. Why am I making decisions the way I make decisions? Am I humbling myself under the mighty hand of God? Do I really look at God and go, He is massively huge? I mean, and if I don't look that way, I will short-circuit His power. I can increase how His power works by humility, by humbling myself, clothing myself with this heart attitude of man. He is incredible. People, if they visited God in heaven right now and looked upon Him, they would die. But they wouldn't cease to exist. They just wouldn't be able to live in this body because He's so glorious, their body couldn't live on. They'll live on for eternity, either in heaven or hell. But they couldn't live on. Their body couldn't handle just how glorious God is. So when we start measuring God, how big can you measure Him in yourself? How does that affect every aspect of your life? Well, if I really start measuring God huge, it's going to affect how I treat you. It's going to affect how I make decisions. It's going to affect how I look at myself. Humility literally means to rank under. But how far do you rank under Him? Somebody said, well, I've been raised with Christ. I understand all those scriptures for the believer. But at the same time, even though we're exalted in Him, we need to think of Him as woe. I mean, how big woe? How huge the more of me and how I look to me and my own strength and my own ability, and we have them. But if I start leaning on those things solely, I'm starting to lift myself. When I go to praise the Lord, how big is He? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Man, tacos sound really good right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Did she wear those clothes two weeks ago when she was leading praise and worship? Or was that like three weeks ago? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. No, who are we? How big is God? I mean, if he's big, we're going to be not trying to look at everything else. We're going to be going, whoa, whoa, this is God. He made me, he made everything. He made the sea, he made the ocean, he made the lands, he made everything in it. And that wasn't even a big exhibit of great power. How big is he to you, internally? How is that hidden in your heart? Well, obviously, getting clothed this way takes time. Some people take longer to get clothed in the morning. But we're always working on getting clothed every day. And this is not something you get clothed with one time. Because there are things just like, you know, in the Old Testament, you know, the robe of many colors guy, 
His brothers came and tried to strip that robe, which was his identification from him. And the world will want to strip your identification. And not only strip your identification, will want to strip the identification of who God is. They'll want you to be afraid of sickness. They'll want you to be afraid of the economy. But how big is God? Well, I just don't know if he can't, can do that. Well, you don't, you don't have the Bible God in, in your heart. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he doesn't live in you. But the perception of how he is is not in you like it should be. That's not saying the God of the universe that created everything... If you've received him, that doesn't mean he's not in you. There's a difference between him being in you and certain attitudes of the heart. And this is a massive one. Because here's the thing, if this isn't right, when I read the word, it ain't going to be right. Because I'm just going to go, yeah, well, whatever that says. But when I go, whoa, this is backed by God? This is what he said? Man, i got to take this serious. Because God is big. And God is incredible, beyond measure. I mean, the things we see in the world that they say, oh, you know, it took this many millions of years. No, it took a moment for God to speak, and, it's, and it worked. But see, they want to be little God. When he shows up, we'll know it was true. But before he shows up, we know it's true. Amen. So who, who dresses you? Who's dressing you? Why is this the way of the kingdom? Why will this change how God's power works in you? Well, it's hidden right in plain sight. God gives to the humble. God refuses and resists the proud. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, implying that this mighty hand of God will go to work for you when you humble yourself. This mighty power will go to work for you when you humble yourself. How low can you go? Seriously. How low can you go? Now, this is not a... Make yourself feel bad message. You're just a dirt bag. No, if you've received the Lord, you've been washed. You've been accepted in the beloved. But what we're talking about is not being full of ourself, but being humble, which is just a real promoting of how mighty and how big God is. And he said, if you have this, his mighty hand will begin to work. Notice this, turn to Ezekiel. Why is this so huge? Ezekiel's back there in the Old Testament. Ezekiel, and we're going to begin reading in the 28th verse. Now think about this. Does God want to work strong? The Bible said the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong, but notice this, in the behalf of of those whose hearts are a certain way toward him. In other words, God is looking to demonstrate himself strong. And if we can get this right, we can watch his strength move. And you can't pray around this. You can't dance around this. You can't do... I mean, you got to approach this head on. And and we're going to start looking at why. And this should take us only two more hours today. Okay, maybe, maybe not that long. Somebody's like, are you serious? This just shows our attitude. No, anyway. Ezekiel 28. No, it won't be much longer. Because you know the Lord has said that in the Bible. Soon he'll return. Soon I'll be done. Ezekiel 28. Why is it that God is so anti-pride and being self-filled? Why is it so anti-God that He would resist 
I mean resist. A human that would hold to these things. In other words, they wouldn't experience everything they could, but God's not wanting you to not experience. But you think about it. Why is it so that God is so uh about this? And if God is uh about this, I need to be uh about this. And you need to be uh about this too. You need to hate this. Why? Why? Ezekiel 28, verse 16. By the abundance of your trading... Well, let's read verse 15. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were... Notice this phrase, created. Who is he talking about? We're going to know him by the name Lucifer. Lucifer was a created being. He is not all-sufficient, self-sufficient. God has always been. He's the creator of all things. Period. That is what the Bible said. That's where we're sticking. Be humble about it and be exalted. Be proud and you'll be brought low. Notice this. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you or in your heart. What was this iniquity that was found in Lucifer? Notice this. It says, verse 17, your heart was lifted up. The New Living Translation said, your heart was filled with pride. Many other translations say, you became proud within. He said, your heart was lifted up with pride because of your beauty. I mean, we see all this stuff. Think about it. He was a created being. and Created, and he was beautiful, and he got self-absorbed with his beauty. Look at me. But, I, but he was created. Why? So God could look at him. Not so he could look at himself. Look at me. And he started getting... And think about it. God created him perfect, but when he turned his attention toward himself, instead of having it on God, all of a sudden it says his heart began to be lifted up or filled with pride because of his beauty. He said, you corrupted your wisdom. Oh no, his whole viewpoint started getting twisted. He said, for the sake of your splendor. Man, God didn't give him all that stuff to get full of himself. Or as different translations say, filled with pride. He said, I cast you to the ground then. And I laid you before the kings. In other words, he was thrown down here to the earth that they might gaze at you. Well, what does this pride of the heart really look like? Turn with me to Isaiah, and we're going to get a better view of what this pride looks at. And if the Bible said humble ourselves, part of humbling ourselves is not to be turned into me and what I'm supposed to do and what I want to do. It's to be turned toward Him and my motive should be thinking about Him and exalting Him and thinking how big He is and you're allowed to interrupt my life at any time, God, uh, instead of me trying to interrupt Him to get a little bit of information. No, any time. I'm not turned toward me, I'm turned toward Him. Isaiah, the 14th chapter, and if you're there, you're faster than me. Not that we don't want to look at that, you know. Hey, some things are a reality, and it's not like we're denying and trying to make ourselves look like dirt. That is not it. But we're going to see here just what this pride looks like and why does 
Is this not the kingdom way? And why does God not like this? Because this is the kingdom of darkness. This is Satan's way. This originated in him when he fell and technically then was thrown out of heaven. Jesus didn't have a good relationship with him when he was on the earth. Because this self-driven way is the root of every problem in the world. This self-driven way will have no place with God for eternity. There will be no self-driven people for eternity that are roaming free. Because it's of the kingdom of darkness. This is why we must hate anything that's got to do with pride in a negative way or no humility. It's nasty. Isaiah 14. And... uh, we will look in the 12th verse. Oh, how, oh, or how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer. Now remember, he was filled with pride and he was beautiful. And there are other scriptures we won't go into, but I mean, this guy was created and he was like, whoa. And he calls him O Lucifer. It literally means the day star. We think about, you know, you ever thought of what the day star is? The day star is the sun. He was so bright and so putting off. And I don't mean putting off of negative, something incredible. That's why we have to be this way, especially as God is moving by His great power and it keeps getting stronger and stronger. We have to guard ourselves. You have to stay humble. Why? Because this is what he knows. This is how he works with people. This is what he tried to do with Jesus in the garden. He tried to get him to lift up himself and go his own way and follow him. And Jesus hated it because of its destructive power. And so here he is, and he said, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, or you bright day star? In other words, Think of the benefits we get from the Son. He was benefiting the kingdom. Whatever he ruled over before he fell, and, and before this pride was found in him, what did the pride look like that was so nasty to God? That was horrible. That we are told to humble ourselves so that his divine power will work in our lives. You know, the Bible said the traditions of men make the power of God of no effect. This also does. And this does not come from God. People become sweet when they're clothed with humility. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground? You who weakened the nations. Now he's going to start telling us what that pride looked like that was in his heart that God tells us we need to have out of our lives and have humility in our lives. Remember this, humility is lifting up God, putting him rank way above us. Pride starts ranking ourselves above God, his ways, his ideas, his words, and the list goes on. You know, when people first give their life to the Lord, they come into a reality when they're recreated in their spirit. And these are the words that the song they sing. I'll do whatever you want me to do, Lord. When you want me to do it, I'll do it. I don't care if anybody else doesn't do it. I'm doing it because I love you. That should never change. But we live in a world where there are things that do come. And we have to dress ourselves the right way or we'll find we're undressing and we're not being clothed with humility. And it's no longer, I'll just do whatever you want and I don't care if anybody else doesn't do it. I'm doing it. And we recognize that comes from the new person we are in Christ. 
You have to go away from that nature. He wants that not just to be a spiritual thing, but he wants it to be a heart level thing too. And here he is, you know, here he said, for you have said in your heart. You know, Jesus dealt with people. One time in Luke 5, when he came to to a place and he was teaching, it said the whole house where he was at, uh, there were people there, just jam-packed. And it said the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Them. Not him. Them. And what's so wild about it is, is none of them got healed. Why? Because this nasty thing called self. And not lifting him up internally. Jesus said this to the people when a crippled man was brought and he couldn't get in. People know the story, the man born by four. And uh, they couldn't get in because the crowd was so thick. And those people got an attitude. But we don't know what the attitude is yet. But the power's there, but it's not working. The mighty hand of God wants to work, but it's not working. And so they find their way up on the roof, tear the tiling off of the roof. They lower the man down in the midst, and Jesus says this, Your sins are forgiven you. And what happened? The crowd was not humble. There was a bunch of prideful people there. And it said, Jesus said, Why do you reason in your heart? What were they reasoning? They said, Who does this man think he is? See, they weren't ranking him. Jesus even said it in a different place, among your own and people who don't really know you as they ought, and, uh, they won't esteem you correctly. In other words, they won't humble themselves and lift, you, lift that person to the right place. And he said to them, you know, these religious people, who does he think he is? We know his brothers, we know his sisters, and they are bringing him down in their heart. And he said this, why do you reason in your heart? And we're to clothe our heart. So how we reason, how big is God? And this is something we work on. And we know there's opposition. And this is the thing, because the enemy can't just come take you over and get advantage over you. You have to give way. And so here, he tells us what it looks like. For you have said in your heart, I will... Ascend into heaven. I'm going to take over. I'm going to exalt myself. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. That, the word stars there can be, mean angels too. Because in the Bible we know that like the book of Revelation, it says the stars are the angels of God. So he was going to exalt himself and take himself. We know he took a third of the angels with him. And he said, and think of how deceptive this is that you could get a third of the angels that are living with God to go with you. This is deception at the highest point. And what is the core thing that causes deception? I, the me. You guys can get a better position if you follow me. A lifting up of self. And you're going to see here, he got a problem with talking, and it's showing in his words, I will do this, I will do this, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Me, 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 me. The song of Satan. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. Oh my God's not going to be God to me. I'm going to take the rulership. Whoa. But we don't want to take the rulership of our own life. We might look at Satan and go, what was his problem? He got so turned toward himself that he started, his wisdom got corrupted, and he started making decisions about, I will do this, I will do this, I will do this. And you start looking at what he's doing, and if and you, you start thinking, how in the world could, could, could somebody be like this? Because pride blinds. Humility sees reality. Because it opens up to the Word. And it opens up to, re, to the truth. Pride blinds. 
And so here he is. I will ascend. Notice, I will ascend and sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. God sits some kind of spiritual geographic location on the north. Because we know from the Bible that he said promotion does not come from the east or the west or from the south. It doesn't mention the north, but it says it comes from the Lord. So there is some kind of geographic location in the spirit that Satan is, or Lucifer knew about, knows about, visited there, attempted to go, and attempted because he had got turned to himself. He said, I'll ascend above the heights to the clouds. Think of how self-deluded he was. How many people can get self-deluded and because they don't lift God to the right place? They don't clothe themselves properly. We read that verse a couple of weeks ago when we talked about being awoken and how right before the Lord's coming, there, there's commands about people waking up spiritually and lest you be woken and find yourself naked. The Lord shows up. We're not ready we're naked. We'll be ready if we're clothed with humility. We're almost done. It's inherent in the process. You with me? We're almost done. Didn't this two hours go quick? No. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. I will be like the Most High. No, none of us will be like the Most High in that aspect. We might be joint heirs with Christ, but you still have to highly exalt Him. You can see His perception changed. When pride was found in Him, it just started blinding Him and causing Him to take different paths. Let's close over here. Humility ranks below. If I'm going to be clothed, I've got to start thinking, what are my decisions driven by? Remember when, when the Lord uh, had John write the letter and he had that vision? In the book of Revelation, he said, remember from where you've been fallen, he, and he talks about how you've departed from your first love. Is it just like, oh, my first love, I love you, I love you, I love you. But does love appear a certain way? And is love, you know, like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. You are exalted. You know, when somebody loves somebody, they think the world of them. When they fall out of love, they are not thinking the world of them. But he said, repent and do the first works. And some of the first works are not just outward actions, their inward heart attitudes. I think the Lord's trying to help us. Because we can recognize God's working in this place. Man, oh my. And, and He wants to work more. But He can't have protracted things correctly and really put on the gas when people are full of themselves. Are full of their own gas. Interpret that on your own. Write that down. Figure that out. Because uh, you stink. Not you. Whoever's full of themselves. Hey, all of us have to work on this. If somebody said, hey, I finally got faith. I finally got pride taken care of. No, it's got you now. No, we all have to work on this all the time. Jesus had to work on it, and he was perfect. I got this all down. Sure you do. It's got you pinned down. And the only way you're going to get up is with his mighty strength and power. So one thing that's going to help the body to persist in the greatness of God's outstretched hand is humility. John 5.30, I'm going to read these verses quick. This is the, the way of the kingdom. I can of myself do nothing. Jesus said that of himself. 
oh, if Jesus was here right now, if I was here when Jesus was here, he'd fix this. No, he said, I can do of myself nothing. As I hear, I judge. So that means he was listening for God, not just for himself. He said, I hear and I judge. That's how I make my determinations. Based on God, not me. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will. And he is showing us how to do things. I'm not seeking my own. But the will of the Father who sent me. Humility, Satan, Lucifer, me, me, my way. Jesus, his way. Ready to close? 638. Same book, one chapter later. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So he lived his whole life completely opposite of Satan. Completely opposite of that mentality that robs Satan. Why is it that God resists the proud? Why is the way of the kingdom humility? It's God's way. It's God's way. The better we can humble ourselves, the more we'll see the hand of God, the mighty hand of God, working. Think about it. He said it's there to do a mighty work. All it takes is a person to lower themselves and exalt him, exalt his way. And the more I can do that from a heart level, watch out. Watch out. Let me say that again. Watch out. And that is the same thing true with anybody. Amen. Who, who wants the mighty hand of God working? Oh, I'm praying that it will. Just humble yourself. Just humble yourself. Oh, I'm fasting about it. Just humble yourself. Like one man said, it's awful quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> Makes us think. But I'll tell you what, if, if, if he just said that power is right there to, to go to work, and here are two options, you want it to work? Here you go. Here you go. It's the way of the kingdom. Oh, I'll be able to pray for you and it'll work. Watch this. Why don't I think God's so mighty? I'm in Him and I'm magnifying Him. Therefore, it will work. Big difference. Big difference. Big difference. A heart motive. Faith and power are always released at a heart level.